Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of FTU Life After the Military. I'm your host, Tony Rodriguez. Uh, thank you for tuning in for another week of this exciting podcast. Uh, so this past weekend, this past week was pretty exciting, right? Um, like I said, I flew out to Reno this uh, week. Um, there was a concert out there, and uh, Drew was uh, kind enough to meet me out there, and we went to this concert. We went to... Um, the Wasp concert. I'm sure most of you who are listening to this have no idea who Wasp is, and uh, you, don't worry, you're you're not alone. Most people walking this planet have no idea who that band is. Um, but it was a good time. Uh, it was great. I had uh, probably the most fun I've had in years, and that leads me to you know the topics that I wanted to talk about um, this week. You know. I, I, taking time for yourself and making sure that you enjoy life once you retire. You know, um, we've uh, paid our debt to our country, to society, and it, it's time for us not to just um, find gainful employment or something to do with our lives afterwards. It's time for us to enjoy our life. Right. So for me, part of that was, uh, you know, um, I've said on here multiple times, I like going to concerts. Um, so, uh, going out to Reno to see this, uh, to see Wasp was very important. Now, again, this band, they play a lot in Europe and, uh, you know, I, I could have flown out there to go see them. Um, but there's two problems with that, right? One, I don't want to go to Europe. I, I think I'm one of the few people on the planet that I, I think I'd rather go back to Alcott or Fallujah than go to Europe. I, I just don't like that place and don't ever want to go there ever again. Um, if you like it, more power to you, have at it, go all you want. But I, I don't want anything to do with Europe. And two, um, because of my uh, injuries, right, just flying an airplane now is uh, very challenging. Um, flying out from, you know, flew out out of here in Fayetteville to Reno. So I had to um, stop in Atlanta. And from Atlanta, I flew to Salt Lake, which is about a four-hour flight. And then coming back, I flew from Los Angeles to Atlanta, which is about a four-hour flight, right? And each time, um, I had one carry-on, and the flight attendants were doing their job. And, you know, they asked, hey, could you put your bag underneath your chair? Um, because we have other people who brought on. They didn't want to check their bags, right? So, of course, they show up with, like, three or four bags, and they're trying to put them all up over overhead and uh, they asked, Hey, would you mind putting your bag underneath your chair? And I had to say, yes, of course I mind because of my disabilities. I'm unable to sit with my legs bent for more than 20 minutes. Now I was willing to work with them. And I said, Hey, if you let me get up and walk around the plane every 20 minutes and stretch in the, in the aisle, then I have no problem. I'll do that. But if not, then I am physically unable to do this. As a combat veteran, I would like to help you, but I I am physically unable to. I am now disabled. And I found that when you put things in those, uh, when you put it in those terms, that people are real quick to realize, oh, damn, I asked the wrong person. And so what ended up happening was the, the morons who brought on way too much luggage instead of checking it had to get their bags and shove them underneath their chairs, right? Like, why should I suffer? Because these people are cheap. Maybe, I don't know. I don't know what's going on with their life, but that's their problem. That's not mine. So, um, you know, we, we we did our time and, you know, we um, were 
dealing with injuries, right? Um, physical and mental injuries. So um, it's okay to speak up and people will never, they, they look at me and they say, well, you don't look disabled. Well, you don't look like you're a moron, but you are. So just because I don't look disabled doesn't mean I'm not, you know, and that's the way you have to view things, right? People are going to say stupid things and that's their problem. That's not our problem. Um, now, when I went to the concert, right, it was indoor, I, you know, because of the, I, I don't like being surrounded by people and I don't like the bright lights, right? So I knew I was going to have to, um, you know, I guess just figure out what I, how I was going to deal with this because I wasn't going to miss this band they, they haven't toured the States in like 20 years, you know, they stay in Europe. So I had to figure it out. And I did. And for the most part, I, you know, it was a really good time. We, pay, I, we paid for the meet and greet. So we went, we got to meet the lead singer, Blackie Lawless. And it, it was great. And he took his time and he answered everybody's questions. We got to take a picture with him and we got our t-shirt signed by him. And then, you know, the, the show itself was amazing. The guy's like 63 and he's moving around like he's 23. I wish I had half of his energy, you know, and he can still actually sing. You see a lot of these groups and, you know, from the eighties and they just can't sing anymore. And he could, um, now at the very end, you know, uh, there was a, a drunk, the people standing right next to me, they were drunk. I, I'd be surprised if they even remembered, uh, the show. And one of the gentlemen, uh, he, he was probably in his fifties. He was either in his fifties or he was in his thirties and he's just had a really large, a hard life and just didn't age very well. Um, either way, he started grabbing my arm at the end of the, uh, the concert because he was excited. And I guess he wanted a mosh. I'm not sure what, what his problem was. Um, uh, but I had to push him off of me. Right. I grabbed his arm and had to push him off. And, uh, you know, he had some choice words and whatever. I, I, that doesn't matter. Um, that went on a couple of times and told his little cholo looking friend uh, to like, Hey, control your, control your boy. Cause he's getting on my nerves. And, uh, when I left, you know, I, I was very happy because I got to see the concert. I got to hear it. I got to enjoy the time with my friend drew, right. We could, we had that experience, but at the same time, um, just the flashing lights and then dealing with that idiot. I had that feeling again of like when I was in Iraq, right. That, um, after a combat of, you know, what trying to figure out what happened is, I walked away. I, I didn't punch that guy out. So am I a coward? Did I handle it right? So I, I just felt a little off leaving the concert. And uh, ultimately, who cares? Like, who, who cares about that guy? Uh, he's a moron. He's going to go back and live his moron life. Um, now, the good thing is uh, it was re in Reno, right? And I got to see uh, these casinos and... Uh, I started referring to the casino area as the Valley of the Damned uh, because the people in there look, if, if that's what living life is, it's like, sweet Jesus. It, it just looked very sad. I, I can't imagine going in there and just spending hours or days of my life just uh, playing the slot machines. And the new slot machines, you don't even pull a handle anymore. You just press a button. It, it's, it looked like a, uh, the people from the cartoon Wally uh, just were brought to life and sent out to Reno to go play <laughs> uh, the slot machines out there. And, you know, there's, there's more to life than just sitting there, you know, getting free drinks and playing the dollar slot machines. 
if that's what you like, then have at it. Like we should all do what, what makes us happy. What, um, you know, just go do whatever you want to do. That That's not for me. So right now what I want to do is I just want to go ahead and play just a little bit. And so, uh, if you don't like heavy metal music right now, it'd be a good time just to, I guess, shut the podcast off. Um, so here you go. This was, um, the real me by wasp in the, um, Concert in Reno uh, last Wednesday. So here you go. So yeah, um, so that was Blackie Lawless. He's a lead singer from Wasp, and that very horrible singing that you heard, the screaming, uh, that was me because I was having a blast, right? And uh, yeah, I know I was this horrible, horrible singing, and who cares, man? I'm 48, right? And I flew across the country, and it was painful flying. Um, that entire flight, it took me, I don't know, about 13 hours to get there, and I was in pain every second that I was on that aircraft. And, you know, I wanted to enjoy my time uh, at that concert. And I did. And I didn't care who um, heard me sing because I didn't know anybody there. And honestly, out of the people there, there was probably there were probably 10 of us that were sober. And the majority of the people there probably didn't even remember the concert. Um, so who cares? Who cares what they think, right? Um, so, you know, whatever you like to do in, in life, if it's listening to music, watching movies, if you, uh, have a French bulldog named Taco and he like, uh, putting his, uh, pictures on Instagram, um, then, you know, go ahead, do that, do what makes you happy and enjoy life. Uh, now the second part of this, uh, podcast is, uh, I want to talk about some things that I've seen on, um, LinkedIn about transitioning, right? And, you know, it's going to sound like I'm uh, being harsh on uh, sergeant majors, but I'm not. Uh, again, so the last command sergeant major I worked with and the last operation, operation sergeant major, they, they were great. They were awesome. They knew how to work with people. They knew how to lead. And so I know when they leave the military, I know they're not going to have a problem. They're going to be able to transition. And if they need assistance, I know that they'll uh, – be smart enough to ask people instead of posting things on social media and LinkedIn and looking sad and pathetic. And I bring that up because again, I, uh, you know, pretty, I'm 
mildly active on, on LinkedIn, right? Well, I looked on there today and there was a, a command sergeant major who's retiring. I, I don't know who this individual was, but his uh, he had a nice picture of himself and his in the new dress uniform, right? So he, wow, you look at that picture, it's like, wow, this guy, he must have it going. He must have everything uh, figured out, right? Like uh, he looks like a leader. And then it, he proceeded with this post that looked like it was about, I don't know, a thousand words long. And it was basically him begging for help because he didn't plan accordingly. And what I'm going to ask is if you're a sergeant major and you're getting out of the military or if you have retired, could you please, please, please not put these posts on LinkedIn or social media? Because you, what you're doing is you're making us is you're making all veterans look bad. You're making us all look pathetic. You're making us all look like we're morons and that we can't figure life out. Because when people get promoted to sergeant major, right, they like to post on on all social media that hey, I'm part of the one percent of the military because only one percent gets promoted to this. And you should be very proud of your accomplishment. You worked hard and you earned that promotion. So you should post it. That's fine. Now, when you get out, um, what you're saying is, I didn't plan accordingly. I have nothing to fall back on. I don't know what I'm doing. Should I look for a job that's going to pay me well? Or should I look for, should I like try to do something that, um, that I love that's going to be fulfilling? What you're saying to people is that because you were in the military and you were enlisted, you never made decisions, that you only made suggestions, and that you're so brainwashed, you're so indoctrinated that you can't get out of that. You can't figure out how to be a normal human being anymore and make simple decisions. And if you're the sergeant major and you're the top 1%, then you're making the rest of us who never earned that rank look badly because now recruiters and hiring managers are going to say, well, if this guy was the top, why would I look at somebody else below that? Because if the top guy can't figure it out, then I'm sure none of the other ones can either. So please stop posting on social media that you are totally and completely lost. Reach out to your friend, reach out to somebody, you know, and say, Hey, I need assistance. Or again, you could email me here at arantoniorodriguez98 at gmail.com and I will help you out to the best of my ability. But please stop posting on social media. You just look goddamn pathetic. It's like you're making yourself look like a joke. And if I sound like I'm upset, it's I am. Because you're making the rest of us look bad. So get your act together, man. Like stop, stop being a buffoon. Okay, like I get it. You didn't plan accordingly. This day shit wasn't a secret. Like it, the day you decided to go indefinite, right, at year 10 or whatever, around that time frame, like you knew you had at least 10 years to figure it out. So if you didn't figure it out within 10 or 20 years, that's on you, bro. Like I don't know what to tell you. Again, I'm not very smart, but I figured out a long time ago that the army is a war machine and it is not there for the individual. You were a sergeant major. You should know this. The army is there to win wars, not to take care of the individual. So you having problems is a you issue. Okay. Stop making the rest of us look bad, please.
Now, if you don't know what you want to do, then what I suggest is you should have some money saved up, right? That's part of the separating process. They ask you like, how much money do you have saved, right? Well, you should have some money saved up. Then you're going to get your retirement paid. And as a sergeant major who did 30 years in, because that's what you said you did, that should be about 75% of your pay. Then I'm sure you're going to get something from the VA. You should be fine for at least six months. All right. So what I suggest is take your terminal leave, then take some more time off and go figure something out. All right. If you need help, there are all these organizations that are constantly posting on LinkedIn. If not, then go back. back. He was in the Army, so go back to whatever post you're in. You're you're stationed at and asked like, Hey man, can I go through SFL tap again? So I can get some of the resources so I can find a job, but stop begging because you just look like a moron. And yes, I know I sound like I'm hammering on Sergeant Major, but I'm just tired of seeing all these retired Sergeant Majors that just, or, or better yet, just do like the rest of them. Go to your post, wherever you came from and just find a job at rain range controller, right? And then you can live it up and be in charge of the ranges and you can be a dictator again and you can be in control of everything. But please just stop begging. Okay, so I'm sorry. I, I didn't mean to, um, you know, be too rough on any sergeant majors out there, but it's, you know, for the rest of us who are never earned the rank of sergeant major, you know, we're trying to do the best we can and we don't need um, former military people sending us back because they didn't figure things out. So again, if you need help, like there are plenty of resources out there, hire our heroes, um, you know, DAV, um, you can do, um, you know, onward to opportunity. Those, those three are the ones that, you know, that always come to mind because they're, they reach out to me. And so, like on a weekly basis, I'm getting emails from them asking if I still need assistance. Um, so if you need help just putting your resume together, just email me and I'll be more than happy to help you out. Um, so, you know, again, it's a holiday season. So I always like to talk about um, a little bit about mental health, right? Because that's important. I know um, for me, even though this past week was a lot of fun, you know, it's still the holidays. And like I said, I, I miss my family, um, my parents and my sister, you know, they passed, they've passed away a few, a few years ago. And, you know, it, it makes me sad. It brings me down. And then I think about the people that we've lost in, in the military and that makes me sad too. Um, so during this time, this of year, if, if you have just a free moment, like reach out to somebody who might, not be doing as well as you are and just check on them just to see if they're all right. You never know. Just you sending a text saying, Hey bro, thinking about you, that might be enough to get them to keep going for another day. Or that might just change your whole outlook on life. Like, Hey man, I, people do care about me. You, you never know. Um, you know, um, just recently, uh, I was told about this individual, uh, a couple of people who, got into a little bit of trouble when they were in the, just recently they're in the military and they got into a little bit of trouble. I'm not going to talk about this situation because one, I'm not in the military, so I really don't care about it. And two, even if I was in the military, um, it's none of my business, right? So the, the only reason why I bring it up is because when I got in trouble, um, I found out how just, 
who my friends were and who were not. And the majority of the people I knew were just coworkers. They were not my friends. And I was treated like a leper, right? And I, again, I was asked multiple times, like, man, what, you know, why wasn't? But uh, people would always say, like, hey, that guy, he's just so upset. He's always angry. He's just a bitter little man. It's like, yeah, I was because that's how I was treated. And nobody ever reached out to um, try to help me with the exception of the same people, right? Jesse, Drew, Junior, you know, Al, John, Orlando. Um, you know, just the same people all the time, all the, you know, those are the few people that, that help that reached out to try to help me. And what I'm saying is just because somebody makes a mistake that doesn't define them, you know, we're human. We all make mistakes. Um, I'd like to say, uh, you know, well, me, it's how you recover from your mistakes. Here's the thing. What does that mean? I don't know. Maybe you keep making the same mistakes, right? And, uh, you're not dead as long, you know, as long as you're alive, you, you still have a chance to, um, to make your life better, to make yourself better, to improve. And that's all we can do, right. Is progress. Like in the Q and a with Blackie Lawless, we each got to ask a question, right. And people were asking these crazy questions. Um, there was this one gentleman who asked like, Hey, the, on this one song, when you released it back in 1993, it was, you know, four minutes and one second. And then you redid it. Um, you re-released it two years ago and it was four minutes and 21 seconds. Could you explain to me why it was 20 seconds longer? It's like, what's wrong with you, nerd? <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> That's insane. <laughs> and so uh, <laughs> I love that the guy just was that, you know, he loved the band so much that he could tell that it was, the song was an extra 20 seconds. I, I bought both albums and I had no idea and I couldn't, couldn't care less. Right. And so when it came to my turn, I was telling, uh, Black Delilah, I said, Hey man, like, you know, explain to him that I was in the military. Um, he found out, uh, when Drew, when he asked you a question that we were both in the military. So I told him like, Hey, yeah, you know, uh, you know, I was hit by an ID and an RPG and, you know, I was drinking and, uh, you know, it was because I met Drew, um, and Drew helped me get over that. Right. Like, but it's not like I was able to just stop drinking cold turkey, right? I started drinking my back in 2003, 2004 when I came back. And then 2008, it got really bad. And then about when I met Drew, that's when I started actively trying to stop. And I didn't stop until December 31st, uh, 2015, right? And so how, how many times did I take my liquor, pour it down the drain, say, that's it today? Today is the last day. I'm never going to have a drink again. Only to uh, the next day go out and buy a six pack and then just pound them as quickly as I could. Um, because I'm not perfect, right? But but you practice, you you try, you put in the effort. And before you know it, you know, instead of trying to drink 12 beers in 12 minutes, you know, I was getting down to, okay, well, maybe I'll drink six beers and over four hours. And then before you knew it, I was okay. Well, I'm only going to have two beers today. And by the time I got to, um, you know, that date in 2015, December 31st, I, I really didn't need a drink. It was just to be social. And that after that day, I was like, you know, I'm not going to do it ever again. And I haven't needed to, and I won't. Um, so, you know, just, just, try to improve yourself a little bit at a time. Like we have this idea that 
we have to be perfect and instant gratification, right? Like, like I said, I've been trying to lose some weight um, just to be a little healthy, right? During COVID, I ballooned up to uh, probably about 2, 218, 215, 218, down to 185. That was, took what, two and a half years, you know? So it, it it's not something, progress isn't, progress and improvement isn't quick. It isn't a quick fix. Um, so just be patient and keep at it. Um, you know, um, uh, she came home for Thanksgiving and she said, Hey, let's learn how to play. Hey there, Delilah. And I was very happy about that because Hey there, Delilah is a pretty easy song. It's like six chords. I have to have to learn and they just repeat themselves and it's a very slow um, pace. So I was very happy. And, uh, you know, I'm learning how to play it and it's taking me a little bit of time, but I'm, I'm getting better. And so that's all we can do, right? Is just try to be, um, just try to improve ourselves. Just try to be the best version of ourselves that we can be. And so uh, with that, you know, I just want to give a shout out um, to Lena's BFF Taco. Uh, Taco came back from Reno and uh, got a gift for you, buddy. And uh, I'm going to give it to your dad this week and hopefully you'll enjoy it. All right. Lena says, that you're her BFF, and I asked her if she wanted me to bring her something back, and she said no, that I had to bring something back for her BFF taco. So you're going to get something, pal. All right, and uh, for my Alabama uh, Crimson Tide, you know, my football team, uh, you know, we're playing in the Sugar Bowl, and I'm sure I don't know who's playing. It might be uh, Coach Saban might be um, suiting up and playing quarterback. I don't know, um, but I know uh, the Crimson Tide uh, – will go out there and do their best. And uh, the men's basketball team is a, uh, did very well. And uh, they're also out there. Uh, they just beat two number ones in basketball. So that's awesome. And the women's soccer team uh, made it to the final four in in the soccer tournament. So very proud of you, young ladies, uh, keep up the good work. All right. So until next time, uh, remember you are special. You do have something, um, that differentiates you from other people. All right. So just make sure you identify what that is, what that skill is and maximize it. Take care of your physical and your mental health. All right. Especially during this time of year until next time, zot, zot, zot and roll tide.